Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey guys, and welcome to the happy hour. My name is Jamie Ivey, and I am your host each and every week. Today is my friend Gloria Furman for episode number 19. Each and every week I sit down with a new friend, and we just talk about life. We talk about what's going on in their world, what's going on in my world. We talk about anything and everything, and that's why it's the happy hour. So I hope you enjoy it so much. Today, my friend Gloria and I talk a lot about her family living in Dubai. She's the mom of four. She's also an author. She's written two books already, and her third book releases this spring, and I think that I'm going to love it because it's about being a pastor's wife. As always, if you love the show, we love to see comments. Thank you to Sybil in California. She left a comment over on iTunes. She said, thanks, Jamie, for letting me eavesdrop on such fun and inspirational conversations. These podcasts make my commute to work much more exciting. I especially love the book recommendations. I have a stack of to be read that never ends. Sybil, I also love the book recommendations because I love hearing what my guests are reading. Sarah Walker left a comment on my blog and she said, I love listening to your podcast, Jamie. Because of your podcast, I've become a follower of If Gathering and have become a first Noonday ambassador in Idaho. Your podcasts are inspiring, informative, and most of all fun. You definitely have a following in Idaho. I love that. I love Idaho. I've been through Idaho before and it's beautiful. Sarah, I'm glad you're following If Gathering. I don't know if you got your tickets or not, but they sold out quickly. And I'm so glad that you're a Noonday Ambassador. I just spent the weekend with Jessica in Indianapolis, and we had so much fun. I love hearing everything that Noonday is doing. We talk about some lighthearted stuff, but we also talk about some serious stuff about raising our kids and having an eternal perspective in motherhood. And I love Gloria's viewpoint on things, so I think you're going to enjoy it. I want to let you know there's a little bit of delay sometimes in our conversation, and so I tried to cut that out when I could, but if you hear that, that's what it is. Also, I want to let you know, I didn't start like I normally do of like welcoming her to the podcast. We just started chatting. And so it sounds a little weird at the beginning, but just jump right in with us. Thanks, friends. Enjoy your day. And here's Gloria. What time yeah, is it? Yeah, now? we it's 8, 5, 8, 18 p.m. Okay, so you're nine hours ahead of me. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Tuesday this- evening is lovely. You're going to love it. This is the, so funny because Aaron, my husband right now, is in Australia. And so he's okay, like so he's 15, for in the future also. He's in the future. He's 15 hours ahead. And so uh-huh. he's already done his Tuesday. Like it, the whole thing boggles me. I'm like a little kid with this time zone stuff. I'm just like, and when he traveled there, he lost a whole day. Like he never had a Friday the 22nd. I was like, this is the craziest right. thing in the world. Aaron doing in Australia, X-29 conferences? Oh, okay. Yes, of course. Wow. So, yeah. So he is there. He, they've done one, and I'll say it wrong because he corrected me, but now I don't remember how to say it. Brisbane? I think I said Brisbane. Bris- Brisbane. See, I said Brisbane, and he's like, no, it's not how you say it. You're so American. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm sure they got corrected a hundred times. Oh, yeah. And then right now they're in Sydney. 
So they play Wednesday night in That's Sydney, right. and then I think they play Friday night in Melbourne. 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 It's not Melbourne. <laughs> you say it with a, a little bit of a no. <laughs> There's no R. Okay, Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. I should yeah. tell you. Yeah, they, they have a little bit there. of gusto in there. They're so proud of Melbourne, and it's it's really kind of a smile. You say it when you're smiling. Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne. Have you been to Australia? So, and you're you're no, but there are heaps of Aussies here in Dubai and okay. in our church. Okay, so that's how you have all the knowledge. Right. I get all my knowledge from expat Australians. I've not been there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm Yeah, and you're manning the, the ship by yourself. You uh-huh. Four. Four. So this Are is, they in class yet? Yes. I was going to say, this is a long trip. Okay. Like, he has been there. The total time will be 12 days, and that's a long time. Um, but the kids are all in school. So, like, last night we had an awful night at the home front with one of them. But then this morning I was still struggling with this one. And then I dropped him off at school and hoped, told him to have a good day. And then came home, talked to Aaron, invented. And then I was like, I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. And then I decided that the verse about like there's new mercies every day, like that applies to pickup lines as well. Like there's new mercies in the school pickup line every day. So we're going to start fresh when I see him and I pick him up from school. And it's always morning somewhere. (laughs) That is so true. So I can apply that at any time of the day. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Exactly. Uh, It's always morning somewhere. Mercies are new every morning and it is always morning somewhere. You can take that whole, like, it's five o'clock somewhere. You know how people say that? And you can just say. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's morning somewhere. Yes. So we can apply that truth hourly. I like that, Gloria. That's going to be my tidbit from the day. It's morning somewhere. I'm going to get that printed on something. People are going to be like, that's weird. I've blogged about that one time and nobody thought it was funny. Oh, I think it's hilarious. Maybe because I'm in the moment (laughs) right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just the wrong timing. Yeah, no. That's what my husband says whenever I I write an article or something that just flops. He's like, bad timing. Yeah. You know, bad timing. If it would have been different day, man, you'd be on the Today Show. (laughs) That's a good husbandly advice. Like, it's okay. Try it again. Different audience, different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Right, um, right. Okay, speaking of writing, <laughs> let's talk about your books. Okay? And I totally, I love how we yeah. just started chatting. I didn't even do my normal, like, hey, Gloria, welcome to the happy hour. Because we don't even do that. We're just chatting. <laughs> because it's always happy hour somewhere. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I love this. This is going to be great. Oh. I want to roll. Okay, let's talk about your books later. Let's talk about your books later. You're parenting four okay. kids. Are you parenting alone right now like I am? Your husband is home alone, and in, in country. In, I mean, he's in town. Your he husband. is in country. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes he's in town. <laughs> okay. So in country. But I, I do on occasion parent when he's not. Right. Yeah. Okay. We should let everyone know though, because they just, we just started chatting that you and your family live in the UAE. Is that right? Right. Okay. That's right. Okay. And you've lived there for how long? Six years. We just had our six-year anniversary this weekend. Is that what you call it? That's what we call it. Yes. 
Is that yeah. what everyone um, calls Santa it, or is that what the Furmans decided to call it? No, but we started it. We started it, and there are a few people who have moved out here, um, and then every year they, they do celebrate their anniversary. So we started something. Y'all are trendsetters. That's right. That's right. There's a big trend we'd love to start, but uh, and it's, it is starting. But I don't think we can get the credit for that one. <laughs> um, okay, so you're six years that you've been there, and your kids are how old? Because I think that some of your kids are under six. How old are your kids? Yes, um, seven, five and a half, three and a half, and uh, the baby just turned one. Okay, so you moved with a one-year-old. Yes. That's awesome. I talked The other three were born. Awesome. And are you a midwife or a doula? And I don't know the difference. So excuse me, everyone that's listening for my ignorance. <laughs> I'm a doula, which basically means I give lots of hugs and encouraging words and I don't do anything medical. <laughs> okay. So that's a midwife is professional. Yes. Medically professionally trained. Right. I knew that about midwifery. Isn't that what you say? Midwifery. Right. Midwifery. I knew right. that about midwifery, but I wasn't sure about doula. I have a girlfriend here who wants to try to be a doula. Is there a lot that goes into that, or do you just have to give good encouragement and hugs and love? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you could. You could do that. But there's um, there's a lot of training you could do, and there's always ongoing training. Uh, you could do lots of books, um, organizations that can certify you, um, there's a whole lot more that could go into it, but if you would like, if your friend would like to show up and support one of her friends, then I'm sure um, her encouraging words would be most welcome. I love that. So do you practice, do you do doula stuff currently with four kids and living your life that you live now? Yeah, I make exceptions for a few people, but on uh, in, the, in the past um, couple of years, no, I haven't been super active with that. I would think just with would... having nursing babies at home and everybody else. Yeah. I would think it would be really hard because you're kind of just, it's like when someone has a baby, you you don't ever know when that's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tell them. Yeah. I'd say I would love to guarantee that I could be there, but, um, alas, I cannot guarantee. So I meet with women beforehand and then even afterwards for postnatal follow-up and, uh, and try to encourage them in those roles. Okay. That's fun. Okay. Since we're talking about kids, I found this little thing online and it was 21 things that no longer bother you after having kids. Okay. So I want to see Uh if these things are true for you and I, you have four kids. I have four kids. And so let's see what this looks like for us. Mm -hmm. Number one was being naked, being naked in front of people. Mm. I think what they're trying Mm. to say here is, (laughs) you know, when you have babies, you just don't, you don't care. Like I, I know I have some girlfriends that are having babies for the first time. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I just worry. Like, mm. what's that going to be like? Everyone's I'm going to just be have my legs spread open. And everyone that's had babies is like, you won't really care. Like towards the end, you'll just be like, you don't care who comes in the room. As long as the baby comes out. I think what they're trying to say with this number <laughs> one is like, when I go to the doctor, I'm just like, okay, like I'm not embarrassed anymore. I don't know why. And I've only had one baby. Oh, I think. Yeah, uh, going to the doctor and not being embarrassed anymore. I would say that's pretty. But I still would rather not be naked in front of people okay. that I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Context is king, right? Context. Context. (laughs) That has not changed for me. Um, Okay. The second one is drinking a lot of coffee. Are you a coffee drinker? I'm, I guess I have an IV set up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, The continual drip. Yes. Yes, I am. You know, I drank coffee socially before I had kids. Like if we were at a dinner or something, I'd ask for like a cup of coffee and like work my way through it very awkwardly because it wasn't good for me. I mean, Mm. it didn't taste good for me. And then when I had a second child is when I started drinking coffee. Hmm. I think it was just like I needed a little extra stuff to help help me out. So now I enjoy Yeah, the my gateway coffee. for me was, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This... I remember being very careful when I was pregnant. Oh, I don't want oh, to yeah. drink coffee. Uh, no, and then when I was pregnant with the third, I was like, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, setting the alarm on this coffee maker. <laughs> and it will happen. Well, you had babies so close, too. I mean, you had, you probably always had two in diapers, I bet. Um, yeah. 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 They're pretty close. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm not crying about it. No, no, you made it. Um, okay. The <laughs> next one is something that I think is kind of funny and I don't really go for it. Well, I'll put these two together. One says, you know, those baby on board signs that people put mm-hmm. on their cars. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I still think they're kind of dorky. I, do you have one? Yeah, we oh, don't gosh. have those. Sorry. No, uh-uh. Oh, that would have been We awful. don't even have bumper stickers, really. Oh, yeah? Uh-uh. Okay, I'm going to send you a bumper sticker. Um, okay, the other things that changes when you have kids is, like, the inside of your car just becomes a disaster. Oh, do you the, have a- the potentiality for that, yeah. But I can't handle it, so I have a little dust buster in my car. You're kidding me. I can't. I just can't. Because gross. Jamie is hot here. If you leave something in the car, it's going to get like its own life form. You'll have to take care of that too. So no, nothing is allowed to live in my car. I need a dust buster in my car. I have never heard of that. That is hilarious. Yeah, they're little. They're like, I mean, it's the size of a small ferret it, and it runs on batteries. Okay. Or you could plug it into the, uh, the, into the car. To run it. Yeah. I got to tell you a gross story. This is going to gross you out then. So you can have cars like... I, my kids are, they keep our car once a week. I go and get my car washed only because it's at this gas station where they do it, whatever. And I vacuum it out and try to clean out the mess. One time I was cleaning out the car, Gloria. Oh my gosh. In one of the cup holders, I found an apple. It had, (gasps) it had, um, what are those things like that turn into flies? Spores? No, like mold. Larva. Larva. Yeah. But what do we call them? Something, not larva. Larvae. Mites. Whatever it was, Ew. it was the things that turn into flies. They were developing in my Ugh. car. Ew. I was so mad at my child for leaving an apple in there for that long. Isn't that gross? Uh, yeah. Kids, this is what, this is what happens. Um, mm. Another thing, this one, this one I thought was funny, when it says waiting in line when you're alone. Like after you have kids, that doesn't bother you anymore. Like anytime I have to wait someplace and if the kids aren't with me, I'm like, oh, this is great. I don't mind this one bit. I'll let you know if I wait in a line by myself someday. (laughs) When this happens for you, I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy it. (laughs) I'll call you. Jamie, this is happening. Remember that time that you said this might happen? 
Right. Uh, do your kid, you only have one kid old enough to school. Do you homeschool or do they go to school? Uh, no, they, they go to school. Um, there's a second grader and a kindergartner. Okay. Have y'all started school? Are y'all on the same kind of setup as we are? Or? On Monday in five days, who's <gasps> counting. They're so excited. And you're so excited too. We are. Yeah. Uh, so then you'll have two at home. Right. And so I know that you are a work at home mom because you're a writer and an author. Do you do that kind of stuff like during the day or have I heard you say one time that you work at night as well? I do it at night. Um, if it's out during the day, then I feel bad about it, and I feel bad about everything. I feel mm-hmm. bad uh, that I can't think straight while I'm writing. I feel bad that um, my kids need me, which with four that young, they, somebody always needs something. True. Um, and so I'm, I'm just not able to, to multitask it that way. So if I leave it for when they're sleeping, then I'm always happy <laughs> when I do all of the above. So, um yeah, I just, I just can't, I can't multitask. Are you working on a new book right now? I am. Oh, can um, you tell us? Yeah, yeah. I, um, a book coming out in the stages uh, through Crossway in the spring called The Pastor's Wife. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay, tell so, me about it. Like, what's the, pre- what is, what, what do you mean when you say that? Like, what's it about? Well, obviously, it's not written after decades of my wisdom and experience, so it's it's not <laughs> from the do as I have done, uh-huh. but it is more about learning um, along the way, and um, I hope to uh, encourage wives of men in ministry with um, ecclesiology, so I've written on um, learning to love the bride of Christ as well. Okay. Um, which is something I know my husband gets to talk about and teach on with interns and staff all day, every day. But I think a lot of wives of men in ministry don't get to have those conversations. So I hope to start some of those conversations through this book. That's really, really cool. I love that. And I look forward to reading that. Um, when you said the word pastor's wife, when Aaron and I got married, um, he already worked at a church. And so um, I kind of got thrown into this whole quote unquote pastor's wife thing. And you know what? It was really hard for me um, because I felt like when you said the word pastor's wife, that it meant I had to be something like I had to have my act together and I had to be further along. I was a new believer too. Like, I mean, I grew up in the church, but I was a new follower of Jesus. And I'm telling you for those first couple of years, just that term pastor's wife, it was so hard for me. I'm over it now. um, Thank goodness. But so I look forward to reading that because just for me and my personal experience, it's, it wasn't the easiest road joining ministry with Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. And as you can well imagine, um, we, uh, we've seen different cultures from all over the world and how they have different ideas pop into their minds when they hear that word too, the pastor's wife, um, which uh, everybody uh, walking around with different images in their minds of who they ought to be and what they ought to be doing. So um, I hope that this book would speak to um, a pastor's wife in India uh, or in Malaysia or um, or in Brazil or in Austin. <laughs> or in Austin or me. Right. Well, I love that. And I always say, like, I mean, the gospel speaks to is the same no matter where you are. And so I 
I trust that you are faithful with that. I know you are. And so I think that it will speak to everyone wherever. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Okay, so at your church, your husband's a pastor, and we mentioned earlier that there are tons of people from around the world that go to your church. Um, How many different, this is, you may not even know, or you may, this just came in my head. How many different countries are represented at your church? Over 60. Over 60. I am so bad with um, the world map. I don't know if I could name 60 countries. Surely I could. You could. You could. You'd, you'd be surprised. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that is crazy. So you are it's like. wonderful. You're living the, like when you say you hope this book like a, can speak to people in all different kind of countries. You're actually like the perfect person that God put this on your heart to be able to speak to women in different countries because you are living life with so many people from different countries. And, and it's, a, it's a massive blessing. I have had my. Uh, my thinking tested <laughs> in small groups and conversations in large settings in informal fellowship times um, and then confronted time and time again, uh, Gloria, your thoughts and ideas about how things ought to be have got to be grounded in God's word explicitly in God's word. Um, and uh, it's been so challenging uh, to have fellowship with these women and men. Um, brothers and sisters from all over the world because they bring with them, um, of course, all of their cultural baggage too. So we get to uh, throw all of our luggage in the middle of the room <laughs> and, and bat around the words from Scripture. It was, um, it was really eye-opening the first Bible study that I led with the church plant. Um, I think we counted up 12 translations of the Bible in our small group of women. Um, and it was slow going as we went through the inductive study because we had to pause and say, okay, what is that word in yours? Mm -hmm. Okay. Does anyone know how to better explain that word in this? And then they were, um, helping each other, um, in their heart languages. And so it took us a long time (laughs) to get through scripture, but it was so rich, um, to, to do it that way. I loved it. I still love it. And I hope we continue to get to be here for a long time because, um, we think we're rather spoiled with our international church potlucks. And that is so true. And I just feel like that's the whole body of Christ. I, I think that's so interesting. Yeah. And I feel like I know I can be guilty of this, of Christianity and Christ and all of the ways that we do things can be kind of like go through our Americanized way. And so, wow, what, like, I just think that's a huge blessing that your kids are getting to grow up not in this culture of Christianity that 
we sometimes see here in America that doesn't really match up with the gospel. And so, yeah, yeah, they, I'm, I'm, um, I'm learning a lot through them and their experience because, you know, kids, they have no filter. Nope, that's <laughs> so true. They just say, yes. they just say what they're processing. And, um, uh, just speaking about current events, we recently got to host, um, a team of, of missionaries coming out of Northern Iraq and um, they were escorted in by one of their husbands. And then a few days later, he, he went back uh, to join the other husbands back where they were. But the women and the children stayed. And we had some of the women and their children over to our home for fellowship and um, caramel slices and, and coffee. <laughs> and my kids loved to hold their babies and played with their, with their children. And, of course, I loved having conversations with these women and um and my children were listening as we were talking. And afterwards, my seven-year-old came up to me, and she was trying to get clarification on their situation because she always asks questions about all the people we have over. And so she's asking questions about them. And, and so it, it, it all came out about the situation in Iraq and the people that they ministered to and why they left and why they're hoping to go back and why they're not sure when they're moving and if they're moving and if they can go back, all the uncertainty that swirled around there. And so she said, um, so the daddies who stayed are brave because they don't know what's going to happen to them or about this other, um, these bad guys. She calls them the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is making the brave. She could, and then the, the Jesus is making the mommies brave too, because that's really brave thing to, to leave the daddy there and to come to this city. And you, you don't know, you just don't know. Mm -hmm. like, you know, <laughs> I'm weeping with my, with, uh, with my seven year old and, uh, just trying to sort out all these things and, and yeah, honey, Jesus makes us brave for whatever it is that we need to do. Mm. He makes us brave to stay. Uh, he makes us brave to go. And um, when we follow him, um, he just makes us brave to do whatever we need. And, um, it just, it hit home with her and it hits home to, with me through her and her experience of that. And, um, I don't think I would have thought about it in those terms unless, um, one of the youngsters had brought it up, but they do. My kids have um, uh, a really different experience here uh, with the body of Christ um, for lots of reasons. That's one of them. Um, and I, I do love that they have that. I love that so much. I feel like sometimes, you know, just like kids and their faith, they don't have all of the baggage. Like you said, we throw all of our luggage in the middle. I feel like so many times kids are so blessed because they don't have any of that, you know, and they haven't had Mm -hmm. some of the experiences that everybody else brings to the table. And so just hearing your daughter say that is just, it kind of, it gave me the chills too, because she's just looking at what she sees in front of her. And that's all she sees and knows and says, wow, Jesus is making them brave. Right. Oh. Right. 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 I, she didn't really even, I don't think she had any idea that, that the, the, the complicated questions of your mission agency and the local churches and their opinions about whether you should stay or go. And then the political situations, all it, it boiled down to her was Jesus makes you brave to do whatever he wants you to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think we need to hang on to those foundational things yeah. with so, faith, like a child. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Gloria, like I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm like, I mean, I want to be a, I want to be a mom that can explain that to, that my kids can feel that and sense that in the same way that your daughter saw that about that exact situation. Like I want those situations to be conversations around my table, but that is so hard here. I mean, I mean, it's, it's like bringing the bad stuff of the world to my table is sometimes a little bit scary, but I'm not afraid of it, but it just doesn't hit us in the face every day, you know? Right. And so 
it, what, what a blessing that your kids get to see that. And I want to, I want to do a better job of mothering my kids and letting them see the world as it is, you know, and letting them see Jesus in those ways. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Oh, totally. Gosh. Yeah. There's, there's also, I mean, we, there's different things that we see. And of course there's different things that they see. Um, when we go back to the U S uh, this is just one example. The first thing that pops in my mind is, um, I think my kids were past kindergarten age. I mean, the oldest, at least, I mean, before she'd seen um, a blind person, um, she had never seen a blind person before. And we were in the U S visiting and she saw somebody with a walking stick and a dog and, uh, the dark glasses. And she was mommy, mommy, look, 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 um, look at that dog. Look at that dog. Look at them. Look at him. What, what is that? That's because it, it wasn't like using it as a cane, but it was, mm-hmm. it was the walking stick. And I was like, Oh, Oh, she's never seen a blind person right. before. Um, because there, um, if there are, um, people here, which I'm sure there are people who are blind. Um, she just doesn't see them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and then I started looking when we were out in the shopping malls and just out doing our thing. Um, and I hadn't noticed any since we had that conversation about two years ago. Um, so there, there are things that she doesn't notice, um, that I would love to have conversations with her about, about who God is and how he creates people. Um, and, uh, and all of those different conversations. So there, I mean, there's, there's different things, but I do understand what you're, yeah, yeah, what you're lamenting. And I think, you know, for us as moms, one thing, one thing that I'm learning and I'm 10 years into this motherhood thing and I'm still learning it so much is like, I want to be a mom that like with all of our conversations and with everything that I'm constantly pointing my kids back to the gospel, you know? And, um, so in whatever it is, you know, like with your daughter seeing a blind person or, or my kids having a kid at their school that, you know, has autism and maybe acts different sometimes, you know, constantly pointing them back to the gospel. Um, but I find that for when I do that well is when I'm actually practicing that in my own life. Like when I'm like, mm. you know, like, okay, it's easier for me to point my kids to the gospel daily when like I'm pointing myself to the gospel daily. And so right. ah, that I, I, I talked, we did a podcast you and I did for Verge Women this summer was that the summer it was really short um it was when you came to orlando (laughs) yes yeah yeah you flew halfway around the world for like three days it was so fun (laughs) (laughs) um that was fun it was our first time to actually meet in person so that was a lot of fun but we talked i told you that i read your book um glimpses of grace Mm -hmm. um this this gosh that was last summer actually i guess that i read that book um but it was one of those things that was really good for me as a mom too of like I think sometimes and I just want to hear your thoughts on this as well. I think sometimes mothering the task and the to-do list of just mothering. Don't throw in like being a working mom or working from home or writing or blog whatever it is. Just the task of mothering can be sometimes become so mundane. <laughs> you know that I'm just like I remember when I had babies. I was like if I have to change another diaper today, I'm going to lose my ever loving mind, you know, and you will, they continue to pee and poop. It's, <laughs> they never stop, you know? And then now it's different. They're older. So it's different things. But I'm just like, your book was really encouraging and challenging to me to, to look at whatever it is you're doing in life, whether it's mothering or working or ministering to, um, you know, people in your neighborhood, whatever that is to see like the bigger picture, you know, what, how, yeah. how can you encourage moms to do that. I mean, it's such a heavy task. I feel like, and some days I'm like, okay, okay. Today was okay. And then the next day I'm like, 
okay, we need a new day tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe a phrase that could help. Um, I've written about this in uh, Treasure in Christ When Your Hands Are Full. I love this prayer from Jonathan Edwards. He says, uh, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. Um, and what he means by that is that he wants God to give him a vision for the things he's doing in the moment, the things that have been happened in the past, um, to see all that through the lens of the future, that future grace is running into you headlong and you can't avoid it. Um, and, uh, that we have eternity ahead of us and that everything is, is done in light of that, um, massive horizon that is looming that is so hard to see when you feel like you're going to lose your ever-loving mind if you change another diaper. Um, but that, that kind of eternal perspective is something you have to carry around in your heart. You can't, you can't write it on an index card and, and have it be done. You can write it on an index card, but, but it's not going to solve it. Um, it's helpful, but, um, you, you need to have the eyes of our hearts enlightened. Um, we need to know the hope that God's called us to, um, so that when we see through those mundane things, we can see, um, distinctively Christian hope. Um, a short-lived hope would probably be, um, I'm going to see through, we'll just say the diapers, for example. Right. Um, I'll see through this to potty training is over in X number of months. There's my hope. But if you bank on that, something is going to happen. <laughs> um, and that's a short-lived hope. It's so short-lived and it's so fragile because of your circumstances. Um, so we know, even non-believers know that you can't bank on um, things like that. Uh, so we need to have something that's transcendent. We need to know the hope that God's called us to, the inheritance that we have um, in Christ Jesus for eternity. So the the kind of enduring joy that we are made for can't be had in the short-lived fake hope. Um, so we get that through the gospel. Uh, I think um, I would encourage moms to pray Jonathan Edwards' prayer to ask the Lord to stamp eternity on their eyeballs. I love that so much. <laughs> I... Um... I, I think that is, it is so hard and it is something that it, we do need to ask God to stamp it on our eyeballs because, you know, motherhood is just one, one step to the next, one phase to the next. And you're right. So many times I find myself saying, oh man, if we can just like middle school is going to be awesome. If we can just get to middle school. And then I know right. when we get there, I'll be like, oh, high school. And so you're right. It's this false hope, um, that there is. I also like, feel like, um, I had a hard night with one of my kids last night and I was just really, really discouraged and Aaron's out of town and it was really, really hard. And so then I remember I was like praying this morning and I was like, God, I want this. I'll, I will call it my suffering. I'm also learning that suffering that, that, that I, I tend to put a value on suffering and be like, well, I'm not really suffering because she's suffering. Like her husband died. She's suffering. And then I'm like, well, this isn't suffering, Jamie, get over it. But I'm trying to like learn to like right now in this moment, this is suffering for me. And so this morning I was like, God, I just want to like, I want to have joy in parenting, even when I'm suffering, <laughs> you know, and it's so <laughs> hard, but I just remember exactly what you were just saying is that like, I read about considering the sufferings now that like, they don't even compare to like the glory that will be revealed to us. And I'm like, if I could parent that way, if I could love Aaron that way, if I could love my neighbors that way, I feel like it would change a lot in my life. And so I, I love what you're saying. It's like what's resonating with my heart these days too is, man, God, I just want to, I want to look further than just tomorrow. You know, I want to look further. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing I struggle to remember all the time. So yeah, I'm looking for that special contact lens <laughs> that you, where you can see <laughs> with, with eternity written on it. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. That's, it's so hard, but it's so encouraging. Uh, um, okay. So another question, um, I have some girlfriends, just a lot of people listening may not have ever been to Dubai. I don't think I even knew about Dubai until like five years ago, but I already told you my geography is not too shabby, <laughs> but as from what I've heard, Dubai is very relative to like an American city. Am I, am I right about that? Uh, in regards to Western things? Yes. Yeah. I'm sure I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Culturally, it's, um, it's, it's diverse. Um, I would probably compare it more to, um, I might even call it the London of the Middle East. Okay. I was going to say that because I've been to London and it was very, very culturally diverse. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I would more call it that than, um, than venture to compare it to an American city because, um, we're definitely in a, a minority. So, um, people don't really ever assume that we're American. In fact, if I'm walking around in the street, people speak French to me. Ah. Um, I know funny, right? I Do don't you know speak French. any French. I, <laughs> I know enough to apologize that I don't speak French. <laughs> You know, I, that's funny because the neighborhood that I live in is mostly Hispanic and I have dark hair and dark eyes and dark skin and people will automatically start speaking to me in Spanish. Speak Spanish mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, I know enough to say that I know very little Spanish. And so then, <laughs> then they immediately apologize, but I understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's neat when my children walk around, they always kind of wait to see what kind of language the kids are speaking. Um, and uh, so they'll walk up to a playground or to a group of kids at school, and they'll just kind of wait and hang out and listen, and then they'll jump in when they and hear some English, or they'll just kind of throw in their English, of course, and uh, see, and see who's able to talk to them and who can play with them. So it's funny how they how they approach all those things. Um, That's fun. Now you said sixty countries are represented at your church. Well, right. How do y'all do that with language? Yeah, uh, all of uh, our corporate worship gatherings are done in English. Okay. Uh, there's Bible studies um, that are language specific on occasion, um, but all of the, the corporate worship gatherings are English. Okay, okay. I, like I have I sit in the back with my babies, um, and on occasion I can hear people translating for each other, but we don't have um, translating ministry like with fancy microphones and headphones. Though, yeah, so. yeah. Um, I can see how that would be hard as well with 60 different countries. Be a lot, yeah. A lot of translating. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So Gloria, you have written two books and you're writing another one. What are you reading right now? Oh, let me see what's on my shelf. I have dispatches from the front from Tim Kesey, which is outstanding. Okay. Um, it's based on his, uh, DVD series dispatches from the front. Okay. Um, they're, uh, he travels the world and um, spends time with missionaries and local churches in very hard-to-reach places, and he writes their stories. Oh, wow. And it That's... is massively encouraging. Okay. I can't get through a single page without weeping. Oh, um, okay. So I, we love the DVDs, and I knew I would love the book, so I've, I flipped through it real fast, and then now I'm, I'm going through it slowly again. So I, I love Dispatches from the Front. Um, I've got on my shelf from this summer evangelism in the early church by green. Okay. Um, it popped back up 10 years later 
<laughs> I've had it um, on my shelf, and it's always when I pull out and say, oh, I'm going to read that again, I'm going to read that again. And so this summer I decided I'd read it again finally. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I have uh, Tom Shriner's The King and His Beauty, and it's a huge book. And I, I haven't read the whole thing, but flip through it a bunch. The back, the last section, his concluding thoughts, I don't know how many pages it is, 20, 26 pages. It's worth the price of the book. Really? Because of the summary, yes, of, of biblical theology in the back. Okay, I'll get it down. Ah. So, I've got it bookmarked with my fancy napkin. Yes. Here we go. The epilogue is, I won't count all the pages, but he goes through the, the grand narrative of scripture and talks about um, human history and human future. So um, if, you, if you have any, here's a plug, if you have any new believers in your life or if you would just like a refresher yourself, pick up the epilogue in Shriner's book and just read it out loud and, um, talk to, oh, it's not even 26 pages. It's short. Look at that. <laughs> it's 16 pages. This is so doable. Um, and, and there you have a, a scope of scripture. So then if, if they've got a handle on this, they can pick up their Bible and orient themselves. Ooh, I love that. To where they are in redemption history. It's beautiful. And I love the way he writes. So, okay. Uh, those are the few I'm Do you book. ever read fiction? Um, I do read fiction. We're currently working through the Chronicles of Narnia with the kids all yeah, summer. Uh-huh. So that's my fiction fill uh, for the past few months. What book are y'all uh, in? Uh, we are in the first one, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay, okay. So or is that the second one? It's actually technically the second. Technically, right, right, right. If we want to be snobby about it. I mean, it. I'm not like, I don't, <laughs> the only reason I know is because we have all the books in one book. Did you read oh, the first one, The Magician's Nephew? I have, yes, yes. I've, I've read that one, but we don't have them all in one book. Okay. Because a lot of people skip The Magician's Nephew, and I, it's been one of my favorites. So I suggest people oh. not skip it. Okay. I really liked it. We're in, um, is it The Silver Chair? The, lo- the last mm-hmm. chair, the silver chair, silver chair. Okay. So we're in that one and it just takes me forever to read to my kids because there's four of them. We're not on the same schedule, you know, right. I mean, so we, it'll take us three years to get through all these books, but we're this far. So we've done, you know, we're slu- We're like the little tugboat that could getting through these books. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, but we're going to eventually do it. So do you love that series? Um, I do love it, but my problem is the, the the time that we spend reading one book is a long time. And so it's even mm-hmm. hard for me. So I'm wondering if it's hard for my children as well. Um, oh gosh, I have really loved it. I mean, one of them, I was reading it and just started crying. I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the quote. I wrote it down somewhere because it was amazing. It was about Aslan, obviously. Um, but it was just so beautiful. Um, I really, yeah, I like it a lot. It's my yeah. only C.S. Lewis I've ever um, read, which is weird. Wow. I know. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've read through it, but um, a lot. I, I, I did not pick up a whole lot of things in it until I read the new book by Joe Rigney called Live Like a Narnian. Oh. 
Yes. And, and that make book it different. is outstanding. It, it, for me, um, it helped me trace through, I mean, he specifically is tracing through themes that are related to discipleship okay. through the Chronicles. And um, I won't spoil it, but it is, it's outstanding. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Does it have anything to Live do? Live like a nerd. Does it have anything to do with like how they usually go to Narnia with someone? I'm totally just off the cuff here. Like they usually go to Narnia with someone and then they leave and then that person doesn't go back and then they go back. Does it have anything to do with that or am I totally off here? Is that in there um, at all? I've noticed I'm that. Sh- I've noticed that theme yeah. a little bit. And so I'm wondering if there's anything to that. Yeah. Uh, I don't off. recall if he no. specifically addresses that phenomena, but just about everything you could think of. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, discipleship wise in the book, he, he really unpacks that and it's, it's a great book. Uh, okay. My kids are liking it. So that's really good. So that's fun. Good. My kids get distracted with it sometimes. Um, the older they've gotten, the more they've liked it. Hmm. And you know, what's even helped as well. I'm a big fan of you read the book and then you see the movie. Right. Um, because I just think, books are better than movies. I, I love to read. And so I love to take that in. Um, but my kids saw a lot of the movies before we got to that book and the ones that they had seen the movie first, they had a they had an easier time understanding. And so, yeah. And so I don't know, I, I still hold fast to my, you should read a book before you see a movie, but I feel like sometimes for kids, if it's like a, a, a heavier book, like, you know, Narnia uh-huh. books that it sometimes gives yeah. them a picture in their brain. So yeah. Anyhow, yeah. Huh. Aaron and I don't hold fast to that rule. He thinks you should just be able to watch whatever movie you want to watch. If you haven't read the book, I am like, no, I'm going to read the book first because books. That are series is so interesting because he has all these creatures uh-huh. and mythical wonders that aren't really topics of conversation in our home. Like yeah. it's, it's not, they, they don't see cartoons about fonts, for example. Right. So when I'm reading it, they're like, what's that? Yeah, I know. You'll have to like pull it up on your computer and show them a picture or something. Right, right, right. And we have to do that like every other page. Yeah. <laughs> this will take you forever to get through these books when you're having to pull yeah. up pictures. And some things I'm like, you know, we're not going to show you a picture of that. We'll just <laughs> let them, because the picture in your mind is probably 10 times scarier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just go with it. Right. Oh, uh, <laughs> Gloria, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Yeah. It's so much fun. So fun. I love happy hour. Happy hour is awesome. And it is. It's, it's always, always happy hour. That, thank you. It's always happy hour somewhere. <laughs> it's always morning somewhere. It's always happy hour somewhere. It's so fun. Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, enjoy the rest of your night because it's nighttime there. So, yes. So, thank you for taking time to talk with us. Guys, didn't you just love Gloria? I am so thankful we got to have our conversation and I look forward to reading her book in the spring. Once again, I'm giving away something. So she's going to give away one copy of each of her books, two of them. So two winners. All you need to do is go to the blog, jamieiv.com and leave a comment. And then in a week we will pick one. will get glimpses of grace and one will get treasuring Christ when your hands are full. So just leave a comment and we'll pick a winner. Guys, thanks so much. I hope that we can all view life through the quote that Gloria left us with, with Jonathan Edwards, how he said, that we want to stamp eternity on our eyeballs. And that's what I want, is I want to see everything in life, everything I'm doing, do an eternal perspective. 
And so that's my prayer for you today as you listen, as you go throughout your day. Um, I want to say thanks to Kelly. She left a comment on the blog that says she binge listened to the first 14 podcasts in a two-week time span. Kelly, that makes me laugh and that makes me so happy. So here's a new one for you, Kelly. Also on the blog, if you want to check it out, there is a gift code there for Naptime Diaries. They have their new advent calendar that just came out, and I am in love with mine. So check it out over on jamieivy.com. You can see the coupon on the right-hand side. You can get 10% off with a special code. Just use Jamie Ivy when you check out. So check out the blog for that. Also leave a comment to win a copy of Gloria's Books, and I hope you have a fabulous week. Whatever you're doing this week, this weekend, I hope you love the people you're with, your friends, your family, um, the people you work with. Have a great day, and I will see you next week right here on the Happy Hour. Say-